Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. Amen, Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today we read the Gospel of the Raising of the Son of the Widow of Nain. Uh, in the Gospel there's only three recorded miracles of the raising of the dead. Um, and each one has its own flavour. Today I wanted to focus on one sentence from this encounter. Um, and if you think about it contextually, uh, it's a woman with one son, she's a widow, no husband, and so uh, her son is solely responsible for looking after her and their family and their needs. And so this son passes away, she is now on her own in a community and at a time when there's not much she can do on her own. Um, and so you can imagine her feelings of despair, of loneliness, of helplessness. Um, and then as she's walking through kind of this funeral procession, Christ sees her and the verse says, when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said to her, do not weep. I think the question this raised in my mind is, where is our hope? Where does my hope lie? If you look at the scene, it's a woman in this kind of funeral procession, surrounded by people. And these people who are surrounding her could offer her comfort, could offer her empathy, um, could offer her a shoulder to cry on. And I think often in these situations, when we are surrounded with people and we are going through something, often what I'm being offered is optimism rather than hope. And as I was kind of reading this passage and looking into it, I realized that the two are starkly different concepts. Um, there's a Dutch uh, Catholic priest called Henry Nolan. Uh, he's a professor and writer and theologian. He said, Optimism and hope are radically different attitudes. Optimism is the expectation that things like the weather, relationships, finances will get better. Hope is the trust that God will fulfill his promises to us in a way that leads us to true freedom. The optimist speaks about concrete changes in the future. The hopeful lives in the moment with the knowledge and trust that all life is in God's hands. If you notice this encounter, the first miracle Christ does is not raising the sun from the dead. Before raising the sun, he seeks to comfort the widow. The first miracle was going to the woman and saying, do not weep, having compassion. These are two completely separate acts. He doesn't go to her and say, do not weep, I will raise your son, or do not weep, uh, everything will be okay, you'll be financially sorted. He says to her, do not weep, and contextually I am here. Not offering any promise, just telling her, do not weep, I am here. 
And so this hope that he offers, that he promises, is unseen. In the book of Romans, uh, St. Paul writes, For we are saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. If we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. So in situations where I'm met with despair, when I'm met with sadness, uh, when I'm met with hopelessness, I might seek answers. I might seek comfort. I might seek justice. But do I seek Him? Where do I look for my comfort? Where does my hope lie? This, uh, this passage reminded me of a situation a few years ago um, when I was going through something and uh, I was quite upset at the time. And I remember going to church and sitting in the altar and thinking about what I was going through. And I knew a bunch of my friends were actually just outside uh, in the church talking. And I was thinking about like all this stuff that I was, I was thinking about. And I remember looking up to, to the icon, to the picture of Christ and saying, it'd be nice if you sent one of my friends out there in here to talk to me, uh, to, so I can kind of talk to someone about what I'm going through. And in that moment, I felt like this uh, almost silliness that Christ saying, I'm right here. Why don't you empty on me? Why don't you give me your heart? Give me what is broken. St. Ambrose says, We believe that the divine heart is moved by the tears of a widow tormented by the loss of her only son, whom the sympathy of the multitudes was not enough to make up for her great loss and deprivation of motherhood. But by weeping, she earned the raising up of her young son. By weeping, she earned the raising up of her young son. So you ask yourself the question, what does Christ want from me? How do I get this hope? How do I achieve Christ? In the life of uh, the Orthodox Church, we're encouraged to read um, our book of hours or our book of prayers every day. And one of the uh, verses in, the, um, in one of the first two prayers in, the, in that book of hours that we're, we're encouraged to read every day, it says, The sacrifice to God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. What sacrifice does God want from me? A broken spirit. What is broken inside of me? My broken and contrite heart. He asks me to give me, my, give me his weakness, my weakness, my frailty. And as St. Ambrose says, by weeping, she earned the raising up of her young son. So not with any hope of answer, not for any hope of a future optimistic outlook, but a hope in him that he will comfort me, that that comfort that I seek, that hope that I seek, can only be found in him. And as we go through these in, in life, inevitably and Everyone will experience tragedy. Everyone will experience hard times. And they are on a scale from someone cut me off in the morning to the most tragic thing you can think of. Um, and 
each of these experiences is an opportunity for me to know Christ. Each of these experiences is an opportunity, each moment is an opportunity for me to give it to Him and to build that friendship with Him. In the Old Testament, Malachi is instructed to keep a book of remembrance, to record everything that's happened. And for him, it was to serve as a reminder of God's faithfulness. Each of these moments in our lives are our book of remembrance. That time I can think back and say, yes, God didn't necessarily give me that money I needed at the time, or he didn't necessarily raise the dead, but he comforted me. I saw hope where nothing else was visible. And I begin to lean on these moments. And so all I need to do is continue to lean on Christ. And the secret is actually to do it not just when you're going through a difficult time, but when life is good and ultimately we are asked to give thanks in every occasion, every condition, all things. Uh, when Daniel the prophet was met with a decree that his life would be taken uh, because he prayed, uh, it's said in, uh, in, in the book of Daniel chapter 6, it says, And he went home, and as was his custom, knelt, knelt down three times that day and gave thanks. Not because he was going to put to death, but because he was used to every single day praying three times that day. So whether tragedy struck or extreme joy struck, he had the same habit of coming to Christ. And so I'll finish off with a verse from Hebrews which says, This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil. Hope in Christ is presence behind that veil, is presence with Him. And we ask our Lord to have mercy upon us and give us this hope and the ability to come to Him in every occasion, every condition, all things. Glory be to God. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.